Hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of the Commander's Contingencies podcast, where today we are going to be talking about magic news, which includes the drop date for Ikoria is the 15th, Command Fest Online, we're going to analyze Blasphemous Act, and we're going to talk about a Karlov life gain and a Nekosar opponent's draw decks. So let's get into it. So first of all, I'm going to cover the most simple thing, which is the official time when customers can buy Ikoria is the 15th in the US, Canada, and the largest places that play Magic that are, sorry, just the US. I don't know why I said Canada, that is very wrong. The time that that we can get the physical cards in, in the US is the 15th. So. Because of the pandemic, it was delayed. Um, honestly, I don't know why it wasn't delayed more because the pandemic is still going strong. Yes, some states or cities have gone into phase ones, but that is still not really, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I think that they should have honestly released it earlier because then they would have been able to ship it and all of these different things. The game stores would have had to been closed, had to have not let customers in. It is possible that that was not in action yet when they decided to delay, delay these, delay the selling of the products. I don't really know. I think they should have sold it earlier so that the companies could have figured out ways to just ship it to people rather than having to go there physically. But that's just my opinion. Okay, uh, real quick, I am changing the name of this podcast on all the platforms that I can to Commander Quest for a lot of different reasons. First of all, Commander's Contingencies is long. Second of all, it's hard to spell. Third of all, I have Commander Contingencies, not Commander's Contingencies. There's just a lot of different reasons why I want Commander Quest to be the name instead of Commander's Contingencies. So I'm going to be changing that from now on. Next is Command Fest Online. So Command Fest Online is the follow-up to the other Command Fest, and it's going to be held on June 6th, and it will be free, sort of. There will be a suggested $5 donation to the Red Cross, but it is also technically free. So it is online. It will be used there will be special guests there's a lot of different things so first of all the games will be played on spell table which is virtual edh if you don't know what either of these things are it's a virtual conference call that is built for magic the gathering because you can click on cards and it will recognize them for you you can also track life totals it will have a timer for different players and lots of different things like that it's basically one of the best ways, if not the, I would say the best, but I've heard there's some issues with servers sometimes. It's also very small at this point, but the Play EDH server, Discord server, just embraced it. 
and this is using it. So I think it is going to start growing rapidly and have continuous upgrades in quality. So Virtual EDH was the old name and it changed to Spell Table. But they're gonna be playing on that, which I think is a great option. And there will be special guests, there'll be live streams, there'll be a lot of different things. And you'll just get a camera, you can do it on your phone too, which is very important. You can go on the website on your phone and point it at your battlefield. You don't need a webcam. While it is very difficult to do this because you still need some sort of setup to hold up your phone, of which I will link an article that you can use a fat pack to create into a webcam setup. The other issue is it with it is, as far as I know, I could be wrong, you cannot look at the screen on a computer and on your phone on the same mat. I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain that you cannot do that. So you will have to look at it on your phone on the back of your camera, which is being held up. So you'll have to stand up, be in awkward angles. It will be difficult to do it with your phone, but it definitely can be done. And if you have a webcam, just use that. That's so much easier. Um, I will link the article in the bottom in the description. But other than that, there's just one notable thing, which is quote unquote command fest in a box. So for $99.99, so $100, you of the Command Fest in a box package. There are a lot of different things to factor in and it was kind of hard to get some of this data. But here's what I can tell you. For the sell price of a foil soul ring promo is about $26. You can get higher if you don't go through the Card Kingdom buy list, but that's just what I went with. Uh, you could, you can get a little bit less than $10. Uh, it was hard to find this data. I could only find a buy price, not a sell price. So I'd estimate probably six, seven, maybe $8 uh, for the non-foil sell rings. And there's two of those. Uh, $18 for our foil path to exile. I couldn't find any, um, well, I could find special edition uh, path exiles, but that wouldn't really be a good way to symbolize it. So I would estimate $30 to $40 on that. And for the non-foils, I'd estimate probably $20. Which, if you add that all up, we have $26 from the soul ring. We have $20 from the non-foil soul ring. Or we have probably 16 so that's 42 Path to Exile, we'll just say 30, we'll just say $30. Uh, that is, with the other things, that is $62 for Path to Exiles. If we go with $15, $122. Your choice of 20 plus playmats, first of all, that's great to choose. Uh, that's $20, that is, playmats are sold for $20. $142. Uh, pack of 100, uh, premium deck box, $10. Uh, I don't know what premium means. Uh, it's probably gonna be trash, so I wouldn't really count that, but it might actually be a good deck box, so we'll see. 
Um, pack of 100 sleeves, $10. Maybe $5 if they're really bad, which is fairly likely. And also a lot of people are picky about the type of sleeves they use, so you might not care about that either. Uh, previous, one previous Grand Prix promo. I don't, I don't have any way of saying how much that's gonna cost. Um, five foil basic land promos. Uh, personally, I don't think you can resell these for very much. And they're certainly cool, but there's not very much monetary value. And one artist item? Don't know what that means. So I'm not really gonna go into that, but that that's more of a novelty item. Maybe it could have value, but I'm not sure about that. It is time to get into card of the week. So the card of the week this week is Blasphemous Act. Blasphemous Act is eight and a red for a sorcery. And it does 13 damage to each creature. So basically it's a board wipe. But it also says this spell costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield. Now this, I would say, is one of the most obvious cards that I have analyzed. I can guarantee you that this card is amazing and that almost all of the times you will need it, you will be able to cast it for one or maybe two mana. Literally, I've played this in all my red decks for all the, for a very long time and I've cast it for more than one two times ever. Now I have only been playing magic for about three years and commander with red decks very much. Well no I actually had one of my first decks was a red deck. So to be fair I've probably been playing for blasphem with blasphemous act for about two years and I've had to cast it for more than one mana. Just the single red, twice. Once for four mana and once for three mana. That's not even that bad. It's just, it's really good. It is amazing. Okay, so first of all, there's, the second thing I can say is this data looks, first of all, amazing, what I gathered. And second of all, this is another case where the numbers are actually higher than what I'm presenting you. Because, first of all, there's token producers. Second of all, that I, that I didn't factor in. And second of all, and this is a pretty big one, the, the amount of the time that you're going to want to board wipe drastically increases the likelihood that you will have more creatures on your opponent's battlefields. Especially if the reason that you want a board wipe is because of creatures, which it clearly is because this board wipe only gets rid of creatures. This is amazing. On turn seven, which I would argue is probably one of the most common times to cast a board wipe, it has a 90 7% chance to be one. Again, it is even higher than that for the reasons that I told earlier. That is just incredibly likely. 
97% chance, there's a 1 in 33 chance that it won't, that it will not happen. That's crazy. And that's on turn 7. I didn't even go past turn 7 because if it's 97% chance, what's the point? I mean, it's, it's going to be 99. It's going to be 99.5 if we're going to turn 8 or turn 9. So I went down, down to lower turns. Turn 6, that is very early to be board wiping, but I did it anyways. 90% chance. 9 out of 10 times. Now, once we go down to turn 5, that's when it starts getting bad, because 6CMC creatures and 7CMC creatures don't count, and 5CMC creatures only count for half, because there's a 50-50% 50-50% that the, the creature will be cast before or after you. So, it does go drastically down, plus there's the regular decrease in numbers from drawing less cards. There's a 72% chance still. If you board wipe on turn 5, there's a 72% chance it's 1 mana. And if you go up to 2 mana, it's even higher. It's probably like an 80 or 90% chance. I didn't actually check that, uh, so I can't say, but that is just really high. Now, I will say on turn four, but that's turn four. On turn four, it's not very likely to be one mana. It's a 26% chance. But you're not going to be board wiping that much that early. If you're in CEDH, I'd say it's a little bit different. It's not quite as broken, but I would still argue that it is insane. You might be paying maybe one or two mana, but if we're if we're comparing this to what I'd argue is probably one of the best car best board wipes in the game, Toxic Deluge. Toxic Deluge is three mana. You have to pay life, but you get the customization of choosing what creatures what creatures get gotten rid of. So I would say in the right deck. Having to pay life to choose is actually an upside if you will have large creatures. In the wrong deck, it doesn't matter. You'll just have to pay the life because you have small creatures. So it's hard to say, but usually I would say paying the life for the choice, I would usually rather not having to pay the life if we're comparing two cards, for example, three mana, Toxic Deluge, or three mana, Toxic Deluge, except you don't pay life and it just gives everything minus 20, minus 20. So that would kill just about every card, so long as it's not extremely suitable. If we're comparing those two cards, I would almost always choose the three mana pay life. For many reasons, mainly that you get to choose. So basically what I'm saying is if we're talking about Blasphemous Act, it has to be two mana in order to be the best board wipe in the game. And we just went over how almost all of the time it's going to be one mana. If we bring that up to two, if we bring it from eight cards our three opponents have to have to seven, 
that's gonna have a drastic change. Uh, it's not gonna be like double or anything. I'd probably expect a 15 to 20% uh, chance change, but that is still just absurd. So that's my two cents on Blasphemous Act. It is an insanely broken card and you should definitely be running it if you are not. Everybody knows this and it is a very well played card, but I just was, I just wanted to convince people, give it the extra mile, give it the extra nudge. Okay, so before I get into the decks, I just wanna say, uh, I know I probably don't have enough listeners to actually get any feedback, but if you have any ideas for cards that I can analyze, please put them in the comments or send them in any of the uh, contact lists, either in the description or at the end of the video. There's a lot of different things, a lot of different ways you can contact me. You could comment, you could email me. It's all at the end of the video or in the description or both. So that is that. Uh, if you have more cards that I can analyze, I would love to because I have run out of good cards to analyze. I have a couple of ideas. If you're watching the video version, I have it highlighted, but uh, they're not great. I can analyze them and I can come up with some useful results, but they're not really great. So that is that. Uh, if you have any ideas for me to analyze it, make sure I haven't already done that card. Uh, in the past, my analyzing was at the end of the video, so you might have to re-listen to that. So let's get into the decks. So. Real quick, I'm just going to explain the commander quest. The commander quest is the goal in building all of these decks. I am trying to make commander decks with all cards in magic, no overlap. So that is over 20,000 cards. Well, currently it's actually, yeah, it is over 20,000 cards, but not by very much. And an estimated three to 400 decks. Uh, I will be building two decks per week. Um, so that is the goal. So if my decks seem weak or you, you think I'm missing a card in a certain deck build, odds are I'm doing it because I want to be conservative and I want to save that specific card for another deck in the future. So I'm gonna start off with a Nekusar opponent's draw cards deck. So this is just a classic uh, draw deck. Oh, speaking of which, or not speaking of which, random thing I just have is, I don't know what is going on with Architect. Uh, first of all, my computer's glitching and dying. I don't know why. Uh, it's just freezing a lot, uh, but it, it should work for now. The thing I'm saying is, Architect, why did you change the expand out menu from the side of the card to go to the entire screen? That is so annoying. And also, why did you change scrolling so that I have to go to the side? I'm thinking that might just be a glitch, but I can't double finger scroll anymore, which is very irritating. Uh, I might try with a mouse. Usually I don't use a mouse, which I know. 
I know that's a terrible idea, but I have a laptop, so it's different. Okay, so, uh, even though I'm gonna be annoyed by Architect's recent UI changes, I'm still gonna go over it. So Nekasar, the Mind Racer, is two blue, red, black, blue, black, red, I guess, for a 2-4. And it says, at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws an additional card. And whenever an opponent draws a card, Nekusar the Mind Razor deals one damage to that player. So this is no different than any other um, Nekusar deck. So the Nekusar deck is split into three parts. Well, really two parts. Pain, draw, both, and other things like personal draw, removal, things like that. Uh, sorry if you're watching the video version, I can't get it to scroll. So the idea of draw is to make my opponents draw cards so that they'll take damage. The point of pain, the idea of pain is to make my opponents take damage when they are drawing cards. The idea of both is it just does both of those things at the same time. Then I also have some removal and some draw for myself, exclusively for myself, also sprinkled in because there's a lot of draw that can take advantage of your opponent's drawing. So I am going to go ahead and Try and come up with something to talk about while it's not loading. Okay, there it is. It's loading. Uh, so, this is $157. There's 42 cards in the draw category, 2 in the both category, and 8 in the pain category. We also have 38 lands, 4 pieces of removal, and yeah, I, I really can't figure out how to scroll in this new, new system. I am not very good at navigating things, apparently. So, some amount of other categories. So, for draw, uh, basically, there's a couple category, a couple different versions of this. First, there's cards that have people basically loot. So, for example, Burning Inquiry, red for a sorcery. Each player draws three cards, then discards three cards at random. So, that's not a great example of looting, but it works. Then, there are cards that have everyone draw cards or people draw cards every single upkeep. So, an example of that might be Font of Mythos, which is four for an artifact, and at the beginning of each player's upkeep, they draw two. Yes, I got to scroll, finally! Okay, now I'm able to scroll, so that's nice. Uh, I, I really don't know if my computer isn't doing what it's supposed to do, or if they just changed the UI. If they changed the UI, this is... Oh, okay, I think it's my computer, because now I can use arrows. My computer was just frozen for a second there. Okay, so getting off track. Uh, at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws two additional cards, is what Font of Mythos does. 
Then there are a variety of different types of cards that are X mana and each player draws X cards. Sometimes they have them re-discard re them, sometimes they have them take X damage too. Either way, they exist. Then there's a couple of cards that just, they split like some kind of benefit, like a card that's like, whenever it deals damage to an opponent, you both draw that many cards. Or you, cho you choose an opponent, you choose two opponents for separate effects, and they each do them. And drawing a card is one of the effects. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but that's really the main idea of the cards. The cards here that are making everyone draw cards. Those are the biggest categories. There's also wheels which make everyone discard and then redraw their hand. Okay, uh, next category is draw for me. This is just draw that only works for me because we've got so, because a lot of cards synergize with the, your opponents having a lot of cards in your hand and they happen to be a lot of draw. We have Consecrated Swings. Four blue blue for a four six. Whenever an opponent draws a card, you may draw two cards. You might accidentally deck yourself, so be careful. Psychic Possession. Two blue blue for an enchant opponent. Skip your draw step. Whenever an enchanted opponent draws a card, you may draw a card. You will draw a lot of cards. Recurring Insight. Four blue blue for sorcery. Draw cards equal to the number of cards in target opponent's hand, and it rebounds, so it gets cast again. You get the idea. It's just spells that take advantage of the fact that your opponents are drawing a lot of cards which is a good thing to take advantage of and my computer decided to be frozen again okay so next we're gonna move on to pain so for pain we have a couple of different ways this can work first we can have cards that will deal damage to opponents each time they draw a card which works great. For example, Underworld Dreams. Black, black, black. Each time an opponent draws a card, they take a damage. Another way is at the beginning of their upkeep, or at the at, on their end step, or during your upkeep. It will deal damage to them for a certain number of cards they have in their hand. Usually, this is X damage minus four. So if they have four cards, they take nothing. If they have five, they take one, etc., etc., So that they don't get punished for a reasonable amount of cards in their hand. So other than that, there are cards that do both. They have your opponent's draw cards and they have it deal damage. And there are also removal, which I don't need to tell you. I'm going to move on to the next deck. Suffice it to say, because I can't actually look at anything in this deck because this window is frozen. Hopefully, it will be better at some point, but I can't really talk about it without looking at it. So, suffice it to say, there are some lands and there are some non-basics that will help my opponents draw more cards. Okay, this window seems to be working normally. I can scroll normally, so that's nice. Karlov life gain is the idea for this deck so karlov of the ghost council is white black for two two whenever you gain life put two plus one plus one counters on karlov of the ghost councils and white black remove six plus one plus one counters from karlov of the ghost council exile target creature so this deck is split into literally two categories 
life gain and payoffs. That's it. And we also have some lands that help me gain life. We've got, there's actually a lot of those, a lot of lands that help gain life. So let's start with the payoffs because that is what makes the life gain do anything. Nobody cares about you gaining some life in Commander. It's not that big of a deal. Don't do it unless you have a reason. So we're gonna start by laying out that reason. First, we have a beautiful card, Lich's Mastery. Three, black, black, black for legendary enchantment, hexproof. You can't lose the game. Whenever you gain life, draw that many cards. Whenever you lose life, gain for each one life you lost, exile a permanent you control or a card from your hand or graveyard. When Lich's Mastery leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. So, it's... It's terrible. I mean, I could argue it's good, but you would have to argue that you can gain life faster than your opponents can deal damage to you, which I would say isn't really true. While yes, you can get rid of cards in your graveyard, you eventually will have to move onto your hand, and then the battlefield, and then Lich's Mastery. It is just an easy way for an opponent to cast something that's going to deal a lot of damage in a turn and just completely destroy you. So, while it could be good and you can gain a lot of life and it can be the thing that will win you the game, it's not necessarily going to do that. But what are we here if not to take, to take risks? How else are we going to win the game? So, other than that, we have a lot of cards that say whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter or it gets plus one plus one. There are a lot of those. We've got Johnny's Pride Mate, we have Blood Bond Vampire, we have Bloodthirsty Vampire, Bloodthirsty Aerialist, we have Gideon's Company, we have Malakirth Familiar, etc. Uh, I'm not sure why I just read off all those names. Then we have a couple of different cards that say, beginning of your end step, if you gained life, something happens. So I did leave a couple of cards that do this out because, well, for several reasons, but I do think I'm going to make another life gain deck in the future. So basically we have, well, one example is Regal Bloodlord. At the beginning of each end step, if you gain life this turn, create a 1-1 black bat token with flying. We have Cliffhaven Vampire. Doesn't actually fit the bill, but I'll read it again. Two, white, black for 2-4, flying. Whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. And then we have, of course, the main reason that we want to do this. Well, we also have Angelic Court. Uh, which is three and white for an enchantment. At the beginning of each end step, if you gain four or more life this turn, create a four-four white angel creature token of flying. And one of the biggest reasons we want to do this, Karloff of the Ghost Council. White, black for two-two. Whenever you gain life, put two plus one plus one counters on Karloff. White, black, remove six plus one plus one counters from Karloff. Exile target creature. So this is the commander. Of course, said that earlier. But just to re-establish that. So that is why we want to gain life and how we're going to win. So what about how we're going to gain life? So in terms of how we're going to gain life, there are 
couple of different uh, categories of that. First of all, we have at the beginning of your upkeep, either gain a life or each opponent loses an amount of life and then you gain the total amount of life or you gain the same amount of life that each opponent lost. So that's one category. Then we have soul sisters, which are whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life or whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. It can also depend on certain things. Sometimes it depends on the toughness. Sometimes it depends on other things. Sometimes it even triggers on your opponent's creatures. Actually, no, that's not a soul sister. That's not how that works. Sometimes it will trigger on your creatures and your opponent's creatures. That is a soul sister. Then we have some random things. Well, first of all, we have extort, which is whenever you cast a spell, you may pay white or black. If you do, each opponent loses one life and you gain that much life. That is a great way to get some. Then you just have random instants and sorceries that give you something. And things that trigger. For example, well, there's a couple cards that just like have you tap or something, or they're mana rocks and give you life. Then there's a, then basically the rest of them are either sorceries that give you instant give you life, or random things that trigger all the time. For example, blood type. Whenever you cast a creature spell, each opponent or sorry, Bantu's Monument. Whenever you cast a creature spell, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And it is three mana, and black creature spells cost you cast cost one less to cast. Uh, there's also Campaign of Vengeance, three, white, black. Whenever a creature you control attacks, defending player loses one life and you gain a life. There's a whole lot of things like this that just trigger a lot randomly. Maybe it's not at your upkeep, it's whenever some type of person does, some person, maybe it's you, maybe it's an opponent, does a specific thing, like Prism Ring. So, other than that, there's really not that much else to cover. There are some huge things that will have you double your life total, which would be Revival Revenge, the Revenge half, which doubles your life total and target opponent loses half their life rounded up. And there is also Beacon of Immortality, which doubles target player's life total. So you could technically do someone else's. Other than that, there's not really very many other things that gain you life. There are some things that just don't fit in the mold very well, but most things fall fairly well into that category. Okay, so it is time to get into the collection statistics. Uh, uh, first of all, I will say that I am still triggered by seven dwarves, having, se having seven of those, so that it's not the same number of total and the same number of unique printings. But I will survive. So. Currently, we have 2,080 total cards, $3,500 of value. Um, that is because last time we had some really expensive decks. This time we had $250 for about 120 cards, which is also really bad. Huh. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with some more budget decks pretty soon. To be fair, this week I was actually still below the average card price, but I'd like to be much, much lower. So, 
we ha do not have any overlap and we have $3,500 worth of cards. I'm using Card Kingdom as my price because that is the default of Scryfall's data and that is how I scraped the data on average card price. Okay, color distribution. Uh, we have 426 colorless, two, 324 green, 342 red, 217 black, 349 blue, and 265 white. So, um, it's still pretty bad. We've got a lot of white and black behind. I'm not sure if it's better or worse, but that white and black need a lot more decks. I did just make a white-black deck, but I also made a blue-black-red deck, but it had black, so it's not too bad. Uh, we have 426 colorless, which I've been over is way too much. I'm sorry, my voice is really dying right now. I'm sure you can hear it. I'm in a lot of pain. Uh, hopefully I'll be done with the podcast soon. Uh, 157 multicolor. Well, I'm not in that much pain. I'm fine. Uh, that's fine color distribution. I could live. I can live with that um, for now, but I'm definitely gonna have to do some improvements. Uh, type distribution: uh, 1,176 creatures, 217 sorceries, 339 artifacts, 13 planeswalkers, 82 lands, uh, 203 enchantments, four tribal cards and 177 instants. That's not too bad. It's about right. Okay. Uh, t rarity distribution is 89 mythics, 544 rares, 656 uncommons, and 791 commons. Uh, that seems about right. Um, again, I am doing a lot. I'm being more conservative than I have to, but as I do this challenge more and more and I get less and less flexible with cards and a little bit more lenient, I am bringing up my power and the power of the cards that I'm using. So that is a trend that I need to stop and it's very hard to see the reflection of that in the data because it's such a large sample size, it takes several days, several weeks to make a significant impact on it. Except of course, last week, which I just made like, I think it was like a thousand dollars of decks or something. It was insane. I don't know what was going on that week. But I just like spiked up my uh, average card price by like 30 cents. It was insane. Thanks for listening. You can find my personal architect at I'm a Johnny, A-J-O-H-N-N-Y. You can find my commander quest and with the link in the description below. You can find my Commander Quest account with the link in the description below or at Commander Quest. You can see the link to my collection statistics in the description and my website. You can also visit my YouTube channel, Commander's Contingencies. Also, there's a link in the description below. I will also post any relevant links, such as the decks that I went over, or if there's any news, I will post links to my source or things that have more information. I will see you next week.
Oh, there will also be time blocks to tell you what times certain things in the episode are happening.